Father, you are here, and we are here, though gathered in different ways. May we be here together now. In the name of the true King of kings, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated if you're sitting, even at home. Good morning, St. Mikey's. It's Palm Sunday. We've just kicked off what is referred to commonly as Holy Week. A week where we celebrate and commemorate the final moments of Jesus' life and ministry, culminating in his resurrection, Easter Sunday, seven days from now. We're here. We made it. And yet, for most of us, even us gathered in this church, it doesn't really feel like Palm Sunday. It doesn't really look like Palm Sunday. I mean, obviously, there's an absence of a large group of people, yet there are people in this building. Most of us at this church are tuning in via the internet. I was going to say that there's not palms plastered everywhere, but two beloved people came and, and made this, which was beautiful. And not only the service where there's no procession, there's no communion, the elements of partaking in the Eucharist, people may have had Palm Sunday family traditions. There may be of gatherings or having meals or the grandkids coming over or the grandkids going to their grandparents. And most likely in the current climate and situation, that has all been removed. That has all been taken away. It doesn't feel like Palm Sunday. It's not the same. Not this year. And yet... Maybe it's more like Palm Sunday than we ever have experienced in our entire lives. And why could that be? Well, what is Palm Sunday? What do we actually do on this day? We reenact an event that took place 2,000 years ago. With Jesus of Nazareth traversing down the Mount of Olives, a mountain just a few miles east of the city of Jerusalem. On his way down the road, in and through the city gates of Jerusalem itself. We enter into the scene. We travel to the past, and yet at the same time, the past is brought into the current moment. We're in the spirit with these people. What people? This very large crowd who are spreading their cloaks, their outer garments, their jackets on the road to Jerusalem, the palm branches on the road, creating this first century red carpet for Jesus. This people in festal procession, this crowd surrounding Jesus as he rides upon this animal, this beast of burden, this donkey, which for the Jewish mind meant kingship and peace. But who are they? This unnamed crowd. Who actually are these people? They're just a bunch of randoms who saw Jesus riding on a donkey and got together? No. These are the people that in some way, shape, or form have come in contact with Jesus of Nazareth and have been impacted by him. These are people that have looked into his eyes and have seen love in the flesh. There's a people who have been healed by various diseases, viruses, sickness. These are people who have been freed from demonic oppression or mental illness. These are people who have had their families restored to them, their lives changed, their lives transformed. 
the leper that came to Jesus after the Sermon on the Mount and asked Jesus, you can heal me if you're willing. And Jesus asked him in return, am I willing? Of course I'm willing. Be clean, be made whole. This is the blind men that Jesus restored their sight to. They're there. The woman who hemorrhaged for 12 years bled, who snuck into a crowd believing that if she just touched the hem of Jesus' garment, she would be healed. She did, and she was. And Jesus didn't just leave her there trying to sneak something from him. He turned around. He looked into her eyes and said, Daughter, be made whole. Go in peace. She's there. Lazarus, who we talked about last week, that was in a tomb for four days, that Jesus resurrected from the dead. Lazarus, you better believe it. He's there. He's there with his sisters, Martha and Mary, the girl that Jesus rose from the dead, 12 years old, she's riding on her dad's shoulders. She's there. All of Jesus' closest friends and followers, Peter, James, John, all the apostles, all the disciples, all the women, Mary of Magdalene, Susanna, Joanna, all the Marys, there's a ton of them. They're all there. Our biblical family, Jesus' own mother, she's there. She's surrounding Jesus at the donkey. These are people who have experienced Jesus. They've encountered him, and he's changed their lives, and they have come to believe that he has to be. He's got to be, because there's never been anyone ever like him before. He has to be the son of David. He has to be the true king. He has to be the one we've been waiting for, the Messiah, the Christ, the savior and redeemer of the world. And now they see him riding upon a donkey into the city of Jerusalem. And all these Old Testament images are conjuring up. The first kings of Israel, King David and his son Solomon, riding into the city of Jerusalem, bringing freedom and peace. And they're thinking, Jesus is going to finally set us free and make everything right that is wrong in our world. For them, he's going to go in, he's going to remove the Roman Empire that has occupied their land and caused havoc and oppression, and be seated on the throne of his father David, and restore back to Israel their kingdom, their society, their way of life that they've been waiting for for hundreds of years. And they're not reading out of a bulletin. They are shouting. They are freaking out. Hosanna! From the gut. Hosanna to the son of David. We know who you are. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed are you, the representative of God on earth. It is a party and a very bad time and situation for them. What are these words that they're chanting, that they're shouting? Is it something that they made up? Did they huddle up and say, hey, let's say this, when they saw Jesus coming down the mountain? Not exactly. They're chanting a portion of Psalm 118. We read some of it just now, a few moments ago. The psalm is basically a worship service led by a worship leader, an unnamed worship leader, a celebrant, a liturgist, if you will, that has personally experienced God's vindication and salvation in his own life. And because of that, is calling all of God's people to what? Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And his mercy, his steadfast love, endures forever. Now, here's what's fascinating to me anyways, because I'm a Bible nerd. This psalm 
is a portion of Psalms. There's 150 Psalms between 113 and 118 that we read this morning and what they're saying to Jesus on the road. What's interesting about it is that those Psalms were said during this time in the Jewish church year. And what time is that for them? Passover time. That's why there's all these people there. There are people from all over first century Palestine, first century Israel, what we call the Holy Land today. They're all there making pilgrimage. There are Jews from all over the known Roman Empire, the Mediterranean world. They're all there. This city is packed. And they're there to remember and celebrate a very significant event in their people's history, the exodus from Egypt, to reestablish their whole identity, which is what for a Jewish person fundamentally? What does it mean to be a Jew? To be a Jew is to be a part of a people who have at once been enslaved by Pharaoh in Egypt. But God came to their rescue and freed them. And now they are in a covenant love relationship with the redeeming God, the God who liberated them and gave them life. And now those people on the road, well, they believe something. They believe they're under a new Pharaoh. He's called Caesar. He's the Roman emperor. And in their minds, they're enslaved once again. And these people on the road are believing that this prophet from Jesus, this son of David, is the new Moses and is going to set them free. That's what they believe. And you know what? We have a lot in common with them. Here's the reality. Until Jesus returns, until his glorious return, there's always going to be a Pharaoh. A new Pharaoh is going to rise up. There's going to be a Pharaoh in your individual life. There's going to be a Pharaoh in your family life. For us right now, there's a Pharaoh on a global scale. His name is not Caesar. His name is COVID-19. Is the new Pharaoh. For some of us, the current situation has been an inconvenience. I, I, I think it's beyond that by now. We've been doing this for several weeks. It's beyond just a minor inconvenience. For others, part of our very church family, they have experienced and are experiencing tremendous loss and pain. Stress, worry, anxiety, isolation, uncertainty in their bodies, in their families, in their jobs, in their businesses. The common denominator on a global scale, on a global scale, is that we are all experiencing our freedom being removed from us. Some of us can say, that they, we feel enslaved by COVID-19 and all that's surrounding that. We don't really know how this is going to end. We don't know how it's going to rectify or remedy itself. We don't know if things are ever going to be the same again. But who are we? The church. And what are we here to do this Palm Sunday that might not look or feel the same? Well, we are those who have encountered and experienced King Jesus. We know him. We know him. And we know he knows us. And if you don't know him, it doesn't matter, he knows you. 
And he wants to ride the donkey of peace straight into your heart, especially now. And fundamentally, we are those who have been once enslaved by the greatest pharaoh there have ever been, and that is sin and death. And God found us, and he sought us out, and he came, and he freed us, and he rescued us through Jesus. And now we're all in a covenant love relationship with the redeeming God. The God who liberated us and brought us back to life from death. That's who we are. And we're on the road to Jerusalem. On the internet and in this church right now. And we're shouting to the Jesus that we know. Hosanna! Save us now is what that word means. Save us. Free us. And free this world. And we're here to remember and say to God, God, you didn't leave your people in Egypt. But you freed them. For you Old Testament buffs, God, you didn't leave your people in exile, but you brought them back. God, you didn't leave Jesus in the tomb, but you resurrected him. Jesus, you are alive. COVID-19 is not king. Jesus, you are. COVID-19 doesn't have the final say. Jesus, you do. Death is not the end. Jesus, you conquered it. We don't know how you're going to redeem us, man. We don't know how you're going to do it. Those people on the road 2,000 years ago, they thought Jesus was going to go in and kick out the Romans. But he did something greater. He kicked out sin and death. But here in the now, in this funky situation, we're here to give thanks and trust that, God, you are good even when things are bad, that your steadfast love and your mercy endures forever. That's this Palm Sunday. Saving and redeeming is not God's, like, hobby. It's not something he does on the side when he's kind of burnt out from work, you know, to blow off some steam and kind of alleviate some stress. It's not making model airplanes for him. Maybe when he gets around to it, he'll do it. It's who he is. It's who God is. Not just something he does when he feels like it. This Palm Sunday might not look or feel the same because it's not. It's closer to the first Palm Sunday that I've ever experienced in my life and maybe now, maybe even you. That unnamed servant, that celebrant, that liturgist in Psalm 118 that I talked about, well, most likely that was the King of Israel. And from first Palm Sunday 2,000 years ago to this very Palm Sunday, the church has claimed that that person, this unnamed king, celebrant, worship leader, is fully embodied in Jesus Christ. I want to end with a portion of that psalm that we didn't read. And I pray, I hope, that the psalmist's words, Jesus' words, might be your prayer. Here's the deal. You might need this. Maybe not today. You might need it tomorrow. You might need it in a week. I called to the Lord in my distress. The Lord answered by setting me free. The Lord is at my side. Therefore, I will not fear. What can anyone do to me? The Lord is at my side to help me. I will triumph over those who hate me. 
It is better to rely on the Lord than to put any trust in the flesh. It is better to rely on the Lord than to put any trust in rulers. All the ungodly encompass me. In the name of the Lord, I will repel them. They hem me in. They hem me in on every side. In the name of the Lord, I will repel them. They swarm about me like bees. They blaze like fire of thorns. In the name of the Lord, I will repel them. I was pressed so hard that I almost fell. But the Lord came to my help. Because the Lord is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. There is a sound of exaltation and victory in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord has triumphed. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord has triumphed. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Happy Palm Sunday, everyone.